Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. You are listening to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed about this having a Star Trek podcast situation they've gotten themselves into. I'm one of your hosts, Benjamin R. Harrison. I'm the other host, Adam Pranica. How you doing, Adam? Doing all right. It's a snow day for me, Ben. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, doesn't Sn- happen too often. Snow in Seattle. That's a that's like once every few years kind of a situation, right? Yeah, feels good. Sort of shut yeah. the whole city down. No one's driving. No one's going to work. It's pretty great. With any luck, there will be a rampantly viral video of cars unable to obtain traction on a hill crashing into each other. Well, the Benny Hill people need their music money. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. and you know it's not cheap to license that song when you're when you're showing a viral cars smashing into <laughs> other cars on an icy yeah. street video. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy to support them. Yeah, Benny Hill's estate uh, <laughs> stays in comfortable clothes because of uh, <laughs> the occasional snow in Seattle. That's a cause I don't mind supporting. <laughs> I mean, ours is a show that supports the occasional cause. Uh, yeah, I think we can put the Benny Hill estate on that list adam our uh our contest is still going oh yeah yes the one we thought up last episode still (laughs) happening uh we are we are making a big push to a thousand itunes reviews in the u.s itunes store before the year is out and uh all you have to do is write a review wait for it to show up on the greatest gen itunes page Take a screenshot and email it to drunkshimoto at gmail.com, and you could win a T-shirt and a poster from our recent tour. A prize power pack. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to summon, like, morning drive DJ host voice, and I just, I'm sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't quite get there. Yeah, that's why that's why those guys get so much money is they can they can muster that kind of energy at like 4:30 a.m. That's not me. It's 9 a.m. my time, and I don't yeah. have that kind of energy. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to uh, do you want to pour the small amount of energy you have left into this episode? <laughs> this episode that is not deserving of podcast fluid. It is uh, season four, episode 20, Cupid. The entrepreneur is going to be hosting an archaeology conference, which is um, got got Captain Picard pretty excited. But in his anhedonic way, it's he can't he can't just enjoy himself. He has to stress himself out by um, by working on his keynote speech that he's going to make to the assembled dignitaries. And uh, he uh, so he's he's toiling away on this speech in his ready room and. Troy comes in, and I thought this was kind of a cool scene because Picard puts on uncharacteristic vulnerability in front of her, you know? Tomorrow I'm going to be addressing some of the greatest scientific minds in the Federation. Switzer, Clarktown, Droff, McFarland. Giants in the field of archaeology. Compared to them, I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. He kind of admits that he's stressing out in a way that I don't think he usually lets slide. 
Well, the last time that he let that slide, she made him go on vacation. <laughs> so maybe this is sort of a, uh, like, this is a reverse jinx situation where he really wants to go on vacation and get out of this task. <laughs> and uh, and Troy just won't send him there. Yeah. I feel like Captain Picard would be a really bad college roommate to have. Like, the overstudier, <laughs> the stress case, never wants to party. Yeah. Always making Every you t- feel bad for wanting to party. Right. When you put on some music, you just hear him do, like, a deep, beleaguered sigh <laughs> in, the, in the corner, you know, at his desk. Guys, could you keep it down? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I have a big quiz in the morning. Can we talk about how he's studying, too? Like, I think we need to talk about the size of his monitors, specifically. On his desk, he has, like, the single 15-inch iMac. Mm -hmm. And then in his hand, he's got, like, the tiny... He's got, like, the big iPhone. He doesn't even have the the mini iPad. (laughs) Is that a really efficient way for him to be studying? Yeah, he's really hunched over, too. I mean, he's squinting at... I mean, he's not... He's not a young man. His eyesight can't be great. I don't know if you've been in a corporate workplace lately, but they are all about the ergonomics. Like, yeah. they will fucking fire you if they catch you working non-ergonomically. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're going to need to chain you to a standing desk and <laughs> make sure that you're... Uh, Here's a couple keep... of bowling gloves for your wrists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, we're going to need you to get up every 10 minutes, even though you're not a smoker. Are you sure those aren't archery gloves, Adam? Hmm. Not sure. Well, this conversation goes on perhaps a little bit too long. And <laughs> Are you talking Picard's... about ours? <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast goes yeah. on perhaps a little too long. <laughs> Overstays it well, it's welcome. Doesn't leave him wanting more. No. And uh, Picard heads back to his quarters where he dims the lights and he's about to uh, put on his deep V and hit the sack when he notices a Horgon sitting on the coffee table and is immediately gripped with a powerful erection. <laughs> uh, it's Vash. Vash is here. Vash, who has somehow in. achieved access to what should be one of the most secure places on the ship. <laughs> well, there's no locks. Yeah, I guess not. Did... Did you think that she brought the Horgon? I thought that was the captain's personal Horgon from the planet. I don't think he would ever be so crass as to have one in his quarters. As to display it openly? I think she I think she brought that shit. The captain occasionally will host a breakfast in his quarters. You don't want the Horgon out. It sends the wrong yeah. message. Yeah. You don't want you don't want Bev getting frisky. You think Riker has like tables held up by Horgons? Like uh <laughs> like stacks and stacks of them? There's a whole cargo bay on deck 12 just full of fucking horgons. There's a uh, there's a poster on the wall of a horgon wearing a sweatshirt that just says college on it. <laughs> a horgon leaning against a Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. The scene ends with Vash and and Picard kind of moving in toward each other. And then uh, we get the title sequence. The title sequence of, like, the Enterprise going into a cave. Yeah. And, uh, and like, warp cores pumping. Yeah. <laughs> we we def- we come back, and, and Picard has 
like I don't know how Patrick Stewart do- did this, but his <laughs> performance definitely has a freshly fucked yeahness about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his uh, he's swinging his arms a little more than he usually does. Yeah, yeah. It's great, and he's like uh, real he's, chill, having a nice continental breakfast with Vosh when the doctor in in like a drop shoulder sweater comes in. I feel like she probably like pulled this out of one of the trunks that Wesley left behind. Yeah, all of the crushers really like a triple X sweater, don't they? <laughs> they really do. It's a good look on a crusher. <laughs> the crusher collection. <laughs> the crusher collection is just a, a model wearing a, a giant sweater basically around their waist. Yeah, crusher comes in and she does not play this cool at all. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh. No. She is uh, not pleased to find another woman sniffing around the captain's quarters. Well, who plays it worst is is Picard, who plays yeah. the guilty party uh, right off the jump. Dr. Beverly. Dr. Dr. Beverly Crusher. This is um, Vash. Uh, she's a friend of mine from the archaeology council. I didn't mean to interrupt. The captain and I often share morning tea together. Yeah. It really makes me wonder, like, what their arrangement is, because it's it's long been implied that it's a little bit more than professional and platonic, but it's never actually it's it's never actually more than headcanon, right? Like they never they never get to a smooch or anything like that. Picard spends so much time with Riker over the course of his career, I can't believe that there's not a moment in 10 Forward or whatever where Picard would turn to him and go like, how do you do that with Troy? Like, <laughs> how are you just cool like that? Because I can't seem to hold it together around Beverly. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, she's she's super salty that Vash is there. Vash is pretty chill about the whole situation. But uh, the deal is that Beverly has never heard word one about this woman and I think is offended that, you know, even if she's just a confidant of the captain's, that uh, that she just walked into a, a room that smells like sex and croissants and this is a total <laughs> surprise for her. I love that uh, that late 90s song, that Marcy Playground song, <laughs> Sex and Croissants. Yeah. It's a oh, real... You know, you know when that music cue drops in a movie, you're you're in for a '90s treat. <laughs> you know Julia Roberts is gonna walk around the corner, <laughs> and Hugh Grant. All the colors are gonna be saturated. Yeah. Uh, all the lighting is gonna be super flat. I'm not really sure how how this works out, but somehow the way this scene resolves is with Beverly agreeing to take Vash on a tour of the ship, and so they go down to Ten Forward. Bev uh, goes off to to snag a couple of glasses of Tang for them to start their day with. And Riker is in there, like, drinking. He's in there, like, drinking his ass off. And he walks up to Vash and tries to lay the Mac down. Eternity never looked so lovely. Excuse me? Riker is drinking, like, the fruit punch of flirtation. Oh, yeah. And this got me (laughs) thinking, like, have we talked about whether or not Riker's drinks might be telegraphing his mood at a particular time, the way that someone like crams a, a colored handkerchief in their back pocket to telegraph <laughs> like what sort of sex stuff they're into. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, Riker's drinking something yellow, so he's in the mood for water sports. Right, exactly. Uh-oh, Riker's <laughs> drinking hot chocolate. Oy. <laughs> Sprechen Sie Deutsch, Riker? <laughs> it's, this scene is hilarious because it plays off of what I think the viewer knows and wants out of a Will Riker in a scene like this, which is just an unabashed willingness to flirt with anyone. <laughs> like, yeah. the doctor gets called away, and she's like, oh, uh, Will will continue this tour. And with right. a raised eyebrow, Will is like, yes, I will. I, I don't have any plans. I had yeah. plans to fuck. Let's uh, let's start the tour by going down this hallway, then coming back out of this hallway, then going back down it, then coming back out of it, and then going back down it again. Riker's like, should I get you a red beverage or should I just put down a towel? <laughs> oh, That's a keeper. We're going to get some letters, Adam. We're going to get some letters. Got to um, use that letters drop. <laughs> Riker has fallen into the same trap as as Dr. Crusher. Picard has not told anybody about the babe he met on Risa. And so uh so he takes her on the rest of the tour and there's there's like an awkward scene where he he like walks her onto the bridge and is kind of introducing her around. She curls up in the captain's chair like a sexy kitty and <laughs> Picard walks on on deck and uh it's like, well, enough of that. Uh, fun and games time is over. Time to be uh, a professional Starfleet crew. And little and bit of a boner Warf- lean out of him, though. Yeah, you see Worf in the background though, just going yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so uh, you know, business continues, and uh, there's a uh, brief scene in Ten Forward where Worf gives his Yelp review of Vash. Nice legs. Before human. Worf doesn't have much to do in this episode until later, but good God, like what few lines of dialogue he has, he just fucking crushes like batting yeah. practice. He is just, <laughs> he's just the worst. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever yeah. seen Worf comment on the physical attractiveness of anyone, let alone a human woman, let alone a special guest star? Let alone how good the parking is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Worf, that's an HR violation, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he says that in mixed company, too, right? Yeah, like, he does. I feel like it's like Troy and Jordy standing around. He's like, nice knockers. Shitty parking. Even Jordy's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> really? Over the line! This is not the moment where he begins his speech, right? They're in 10 forward for another reason. Yeah, that's it's like the it's like the kickoff party or something, and uh, Picard winds up back in his ready room, back to toiling over his script for his speech, and uh, this is like the twelve or thirteen minute mark, Adam. Yeah, and, this is a uh, third of the way through the episode. We get a uh, we get a swish sound effect, and who should be uh, who should be leaning in in the captain's chair but our good friend Q Jean-Luc it's wonderful to see you again how about a big hug did this surprise you Ben did you think after 20 minutes maybe Q wouldn't show up in a Q titled <laughs> episode and you might have gotten away with one 
Yeah, I, I was uh, I was excited. You know, I was especially excited because I was looking at this episode and I was like, this is shaping up to be a really interesting episode. Like, we definitely haven't gotten to the inciting incident yet. Yeah. But I love the idea of the captain, you know, who cultivates a detached persona for professional reasons, having a woman on board who he loves very much and doesn't care about that persona and the damage she is doing to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I was, like, rewriting the script in my head the second Q showed up. Mm -hmm. I was like, what if instead of Q, they, like... (laughs) Did anything. Did, like, like, there was, like, I was thinking, so they're in orbit of this planet where there's this interesting archaeological site, but they can't go to it because it's forbidden for outsiders. Mm -hmm. What if they crash-landed a shuttlecraft near there, and it's Vash and the captain... And, like, the captain wants to do the right thing and admit that they've been in this site. And Vash is like, no, let's let's just slip out. Like, like a difference of cultural values kind of thing would have been a really interesting way to take this. Like, just, I don't know. There's so many, so many interesting things could have happened. And instead... <laughs> you don't yeah. want to blow your budget on that kind of setup, Ben. <laughs> instead, the... Uh, Q's, Q's aim here is to thank Captain Picard for whatever the fuck happened in the last Q episode. And he decides that the thing that Captain Picard wants most is to do a heroic act to win Vasha's heart or something. And so... <laughs> that checks out. talk about uh q's hair for a moment (laughs) when he shows up like q can make himself look like anything or anyone he takes the form of john delancey as he does he chose jerry seinfeld hair i wrote down uh he went with steve gutenberg hair which is really (laughs) like business in the front and casual friday in the back yeah it's it's a little bit poofy poofier than we're used to yeah, it's like it's like early Seinfeld. Where is this episode on the on the timeline of Seinfeld episodes? Like I wonder if it's if it tracks. Like yeah. is this episode occurring at the same time as season 1 or 2 Seinfeld? <laughs> I guess maybe. Yeah. Uh We could do that research, but we won't. I I I leave it to the viewers. I'm yeah. I'm hoping that somebody can can look into that. You know what? If you if you write if you give us that information, uh, that also qualifies for a prize back. <laughs> if it's randomly chosen. <laughs> Oy. Uh, I, but, but please leave reviews, because yeah. we want to get to 1,000. That would be really cool. <laughs> so Q gets this idea, and there's not much else that happens in the first... Uh, half or so of this episode um but the captain starts giving his hotly anticipated keynote address and as he is doing it silly hats start appearing on the heads of all of the crew members uh in attendance and uh eventually picard appears uh before the assembled group in a deep v 
Robin Hood costume. <laughs> and, uh, and then they all find themselves in Sherwood Forest. One of the dumbest plot twists that has ever been conceived in television history. We're in mid-December right now, Ben. This is, <laughs> this is peak gift-giving season we're talking about. Mm. I feel like Q's gift is a gift for Q. This is not a gift for Picard. You know? Like, he's, yeah. he's putting it out there that, that this is all about Picard and, and Q's sort of great gratitude for getting him back in the collective. But this is what Q wants. This is not what Picard wants. Bad yeah. gift. Very, uh... I don't get it. It's very weird, and also, like, I feel like the executive producer is sitting in his office, and one of the writers comes in and goes, like, God, like, I've been thinking about Robin Hood a lot lately. You're, you've got the new Kevin Costner movie coming out. You've got, uh, there's just a lot of excitement about Robin Hood right now. I would love to work it into an episode. And the producer's like, all right, but you really got to, like, justify it. It can't just be some dumb holiday excuse. And the writer went off. And then the executive producer is, like, back in the office, like, three days later, extremely drunk and just approving scripts without reading them. (laughs) Looks pretty good to me. Like, the writer began with Worf's I Am Not a Merry Man line reading and then wrote (laughs) outward from there. Oh, and and what about this, Ben? How about we give Jordy the guitar? The back half of this episode is a fucking nightmare. It's so stupid. Not even Kevin Costner could redeem a storyline like this. If Costner couldn't do it, what makes them think that this show could? It is so crazy. And it's like, the twist to it is like, what if instead of... Robin Hood saving Maid Marian, and you know, like you know, they set it up where Vash is Maid Marian, and Picard is is Robin Hood, and he has to like rescue rescue her. Except, don't for, forget Data as Friar Tuck. Yeah, with like weird circuit lines on his bald patch. Yeah. Um. And I guess, like, instead of Robin Hood rescuing Maid Marian, it's the the merry men have to rescue robin hood and maid marion is like the big fucking interesting twist they put on the story but it's like who gives a shit who cares at all about fucking robin hood well their way of of fucking forcing us to care is by q repeatedly saying that the stakes are high and that people can get killed in this scenario yeah he's like he's like blood's going to be spilled real blood and i'm not going to stop it And that is supposed to raise the stakes enough for us to care about this terrible story. I wonder something in this... It's like, you know I hate the holodeck dress-up stories, but at least there's an element of fun there that I felt was just totally lacking in this whole Robin Hood scenario. None of this was fun or funny. It just felt camp. That's something that uh, occurred to me as well, and it made me wonder if, if Picard had been written off of the show in the Borgs episode and we were watching a series that was now starring Captain Riker. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder I wonder what those Q episodes would have been like cuz I kind of feel like Riker as a character is more receptive to the appeals that Q makes. Yeah. Like the thing with Picard is that he doesn't like fun at all. So putting him in a scenario like this, he's just going to like business out of it. Yeah, I think Riker, a Captain Riker would take Q up on his offers more often than yeah. Picard certainly does. But that would also be interesting, right? Like, it'd be like, cool, you're going to give me a gift? Rad. Step on rake. This is also the problem that we ran into when Barkley became super intelligent, which was like, none of the crew knows how to accept a gift this big. <laughs> like, uh, a great gift that Q could have given Picard is another trip to the other side of the galaxy to see something amazing. Yeah. But that's not the gift he's giving. Yeah, meet some people from the Dominion. Right. Can't um, do that. We would much rather burn all, up our budget on a castle set and a bunch of uh, thrift store Robin Hood costumes. Did this castle set look familiar to you at all? Yeah, I don't know. That would be good trivia because the set's too good to just build and destroy. You know, it's, you know it probably still exists. Yeah. I wonder if they wrote the episode around the availability of a set. <laughs> Like, hey, guys, you'll never believe it. Uh, Stage 42 has a fully outfitted, like, castle and Sherwood Forest set up. (laughs) It's going to, they're going to keep it up for, like, an extra week. They say we can use it, but but we need to come up with a story. Right. It's a, uh, it's like. It's story of convenience is what it is. Yeah. Both bottle episode and not bottle episode. Yeah. My love is a peanut longing tail for that which longer nurses the disease. Anyways, the captain attempts to save Vash. Vash, like I, I would say that Vash in, in this scenario is more interesting than anything else, which is not like Absolutely. a high bar to clear. And in one but, of the great surprises in Star Trek character writing history, like Vash is self-sufficient and like getting her own self out of trouble and yeah it's like great yeah she's like i she's very confident in her ability to solve any predicament she finds herself in and so she you know is immediately working on doing a con job on uh on the like uh guy guy of whatever (laughs) guy of gallipoli character what's the guy's name (laughs) I don't know the the Duke of Ginger, <laughs> Duke yeah, Ginger so, Snap. Yeah, she's she's conning Duke Ginger Snap right off the bat. Like she works out where they are and what's happening really quickly. Yeah, and and it, like she's got her own plan. Like essentially, Picard is fucking her shit up the second he shows up inside the castle, and uh, and yeah, it's like it's like a. I don't know. She's ready to she's ready to stay there and like fight it, fight it out for herself rather than get executed with Picard and his stupid crew. She's making decisions completely independently of Picard and anyone else. And I feel like if the crew wasn't there, she would be just fine. Yeah. And and she, you know, as they when they have their big their big swashbuckling action scene at the end and and uh they all they all go home safe uh, for whatever reason. She's like, uh, 
totally impressed Q. Like Q is is as intrigued by Vosh as he's ever been by Picard. And there's this final scene where Picard is hanging out in the ready room and he's visited once more by Vosh and Q and they're in They're in stirrups for some reason. They're in like colonial explorer costumes with pith helmets and and yeah and riding boots and jodhpurs and uh back when you'd go to a banana republic in a mall and they'd have that jeep crashed out front yeah 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 a lot of uh a lot of fake palm trees inside yeah boy that store is so different now (laughs) (laughs) the scene is like is about trying to trying to make this writerly case that Vosh and Q are like two sides of the same coin like the things he loves in Vosh are the things that he hates about Q he's devious and amoral and unreliable and irresponsible and and definitely not to be trusted remind you of someone you know as a matter of fact it does and it's just like the most hollow brain dead ending to a story that started so strong I'd say the first 12 minutes of this are as strong an opening as we've had for an interesting episode about character. And it is just a fucking, you're right. It's like a three ring circus after that. And it ends on the kind of resolution that somebody that's extremely high would make. I wonder, I wonder if these were two separate scripts that got mushed together. I wonder (laughs) if the beginning was written by someone else someone different from the end and maybe the person who wrote the beginning didn't have an end to their script and the person who wrote the end didn't have a beginning to it and they just sort of sutured them together either that or one person was writing it the entire time and got bonked on the head when they got into (laughs) act two people either love or hate this episode like the feelings are very strong about it people were talking about people were relishing the idea of us reviewing this episode before we got to it so that uh, that begs the question, Ben. Did you like it? Was its first half redemptive enough for you to to push it over the top? No, I don't like it. I think it's it's a uh, it's such a bizarre misfire in a in a season that has had so few genuine misfires, and the like the goodness of the first act is so overshadowed by the badness that it just feels like a a terrible opportunity lost and uh and i i I regret not having vetoed it how about Mm -hmm. you this episode makes me think about how intentional it is to portray People who do serious work in a fun light as a as a as an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. Like must you make fun of your of your crew in an episode a season? Like do we have to have one of these <laughs> all the time? Because I really like serious sci fi and I like when the stakes are high and like I wonder if this is something that that I wonder if this isn't just a good story from their perspective versus like an actual story technology that they're deploying. Like, well, we have we have to lighten the mood now, guys. We can't just do 
hard sci-fi for 28 episodes like where are we going to put the fun episode is that a thing i don't know i mean like in those earlier seasons we joked a lot about them kind of challenging people to ever watch the show again yeah yeah episode after episode was like 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 you're a fucking nerd and we know you're coming back for more even though this is ridiculous like this feels like that tone this feels like a fuck you yeah and it's (laughs) You know, like we're getting toward the end of this season now, and uh, I believe we still have a Luwaxana episode coming down the pike, which is crazy to me. Like they, they're like I think that the like we talked also about how the highs maybe not are not as high in season four, but the lows uh, are not so low. This is yeah. like a spike in the fucking ground. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, like, the time to stop this episode from happening is when someone in the room says, but we are doing a yearly Loxana episode, right? Like, (laughs) we don't have to do this, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, No, I did not like this episode, Ben. Not that you asked. But that's the part in the show where we talk about things like that, though. The only way i could possibly brighten my mood is by checking for a priority one message should we uh see if there's any coming in sure let's do that priority one message from starfleet coming in on secured channel need a supplemental income supplemental supplemental yeah it's extra but the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship adam our first priority one message comes from Rita, and it's for Craig. Thank you for being the best brother and for introducing me to this fantastic podcast. Aren't you glad I made you watch all that Star Trek when we were kids? (laughs) Don't forget your Hot Pockets on Christmas Eve, and no matter what anyone tells you, on every Christmas tree, there are four lights! Love you lots. May we be gaming and nerding buddies forever. Aww. Aww. That's a beautiful, a beautiful message. Nice line reading on that uh, four lights line. Well done. I can't remember. Are there four or is it five? I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Do you have any fun food traditions on Christmas Eve or or whatever holiday we, Eve you celebrate? Uh, I do. I like to cook a fine fat goose. Shut up. Yeah. Where do you even get a goose? Oh, you're in New York City. They they have those at bodegas there. Well, I usually do Christmas in, in California, and uh, there are butcher shops that will sell you a goose. Wow. They're a little bit pricey and uh, challenging to cook because they produce a lot of fat when you're cooking them. But uh, the trick is you put potatoes underneath, and the potatoes cook in that fat, and they are so fucking good. Whoa! Yeah. Oh man, you just blew my mind. You gotta get involved, dude. Holy shit. I'm gonna get on that goose. Gotta get a fine fat goose this Christmas. Or Hanukkah. Wow. There's 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 no teaching in Judaism that says you can't you can't dine on goose for Hanukkah. Turkey is such a garbage fowl that yeah. like I just wanna straight up replace it with goose now. Well that's the thing, Adam. A goose is all dark meat. Even oh. the breasts are dark meat on a goose. No way. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, man. When Riker wants goose, he's drinking that hot chocolate. 
<laughs> Our second priority one message is of a personal nature. It is from Kevin Mick. That Kevin MC? A, Kevin MC on the ones and the twos. Yeah. Who is this message for? Well, Ben, it's for you, me, and all viewers. Whoa. Message goes like this. Thanks for the great show, guys. I'm sorry for never contributing dollar signs before, so here's a hundred scarves in an attempt at penitence. To all viewers, I challenge you to make a resolution in 17 to support this show. Just think, if we all pitched in $10 a month, maybe we could start getting some quality out of it. <laughs> oh, boy. Kevin Mick, you're not wrong. He goes on to say, I kid. Thanks, A and B, for all you do. Happy New Year. Thanks, Aww. Kevin Mick. That's really sweet. Um, that is... So, I, w I went on a little bum out about not getting a Priority One message uh, a couple episodes ago, and I think that this uh, Priority One message was actually booked and on the calendar after I had recorded that but before that episode aired so kevin like predicted something and uh and has made a a strong challenge this is a kevin that uh that believes in a a good kind of benevolence mm -hmm. he's doing the right thing and inspiring others to do something good he's a man of special conscience just <laughs> like me but unlike me he uses that conscience for good and not genocide. <laughs> Very true, Kevin. Well, if you're interested in uh, in joining the ranks of all Kevins everywhere, <laughs> wander on over to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Personal messages are $100. Corporate slash business type messages are 200 they help us run our show and produce it, and it actually gives us an answer to the question our wives ask us every once in a while, which is like, you guys get paid for this, right? <laughs> occasionally we say no. More often than not we say no, but occasionally we say yes, thanks to our uh, the generous contributions of our viewers. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks everybody. Darmok, Angelad, and Tanaga. A good time so often has a downside doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. 
With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Drunk Shimoda! I did. Uh, in my... In my viewing of this episode, I thought that Worf was the drunk Shimoda. This moment really stuck with me when Riker walks onto the bridge with Vash, and he's like clearly giving her a tour. And uh, he, he walks over, and Jordy and Data are doing some some science project in the corner, and introduces Vash to them. They're pretty polite, and then uh, they they turn around, and Riker introduces her to Worf, and Worf just stands there impassively without extending his hand to to <laughs> greet her and turns to Riker and goes, I didn't know we were b- bringing these people on board the bridge. <laughs> it's so fucking rude. He's a real dick. He said that like two, two links up the chain of command to a guy that outranks him by, by two levels of rank. What the fuck is his problem? Doesn't Riker have leave to bring somebody on board the bridge? Yeah, Exactly. Worf is fucking moody the entire episode. Crazy. Get it together, Worf. <laughs> How about you? Did you have a drunk Shimoda? Yeah, I did. Um, what we see in this episode is is a developed female character in the name of Vash. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she's interesting. She's smart and funny. Multi-dimensional. Multi-dimensional. Uh, she. This is her second episode that she's ever been on the show for, right? Yeah. Um, and so we get her on the one hand, and on the other hand, we have our two female cast members who are in every episode. We have Deanna Troy and Beverly Crusher, both of which get basically zero dialogue, both of which in the major fight scene at the very end, the crescendo of all the action, uh, are not given swords to fight with. No, they're 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 not given weapons of any kind. Instead, dropping potted plants on guys' heads. Yeah, and the, the idea of giving our potted plant characters... Literal potted plants to yeah. drop on people is my Shimoda. I it think. would be like if you had them go through doors by slipping through the crack rather than the door opening because they're so two-dimensional. Yeah. That is the level of metaphor we're working with here. It just felt unnecessarily cruel to two actors that we like. So <laughs> uh, that is my Shimoda for this episode, Ben. Solid Shimoda. Well, uh, does it get any better from here? What are we watching for the next episode? Uh, it does, Adam. The next episode is season four, episode 21. The drum head. <laughs> the, the drum search... head. <laughs> a search for a spy aboard the entrepreneur turns into a witch hunt in which Picard is implicated as a traitor. Do you remember this episode, Adam? Who could forget... Uh, Dame Admiral Satie. <laughs> I do remember this episode. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, this is a this is one of I would say like one of the top classic episodes. The best of the best. Yeah, can't wait. Wow. You know what else I can't wait for, Adam? What's that, Ben? People to go and get a Drunk Shimoda shirt or a West Hot American Summer shirt for their loved ones for this holiday season. And people to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to support the show on an ongoing basis. Uh, we had a real nice thread on Facebook the other day on the uh, Greatest Gen Facebook group about people talking about uh, how good it made them feel to contribute to the production of this show. And uh, I want to thank everybody that took part in that thread or uh, took on a a monthly donation because of that thread or increased their donation to MaximumFun.org because of that thread. It was a real real treat and a a bright spot on my week. Yeah, and look, viewers don't just have to do it for us. They can can do it for them because uh, by becoming a supporter of the show, they're going to get some special content coming up in, in the coming months. Yeah. So that is always super, super appreciated. Another thing that is appreciated is Adam Ragusea for much of our music and Dark Materia for our theme music. Uh, thanks, guys. And thanks to everybody that uses the hashtag GreatestGen to talk to us on Twitter. Adam's at Cut for Time. I'm at Benjamin AHR. And we're also on Reddit, greatestgen.reddit.com. That's right. We will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a drumhead tight episode of The Greatest Generation. <laughs> so tight.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.